Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. Let's look at optimal lineups in the Xfinity Series. We will at first tackle the road course optimal lineups, Xfinity Series from 2022. Then I'll have to make the executive decision. Do I want to look at 2021 optos or do we want to look at Watkins Glen optos? We will cross that bridge when we get there. Let's start with Indianapolis. What we're really doing in this podcast is simply trying to find some patterns, maybe some rules, some guidelines for building a winning optimal lineup in the 2022 Xfinity Watkins Glen race. In theory, we should see some sort of repetitive pattern or similar structure of how many hogs or dominators, if you will, and then how many players are very dependent on place differential, and do we just end up with random punts? I'm not going to look into lap-by-lap data or practice analysis for this podcast because if we do, then we get a little too mired in and we don't really go through enough. I want to go through a larger sample size of races, maybe four, five, six, seven races, so that we can see if there's a pattern, some sort of theme in the lineups that works, something that repeats. You need two hogs. You need three hogs. You need all of your guys inside the top ten. You need X amount of place differential points. You end up with two random punts that weren't really – someone that would have stood out to you. Now, if we had all the time in the world, and I guess we do have all the time in the world, I've recorded about 7 billion Watkins Glen podcasts, but I really know that you don't have all the time in the world. You need this data. You need it now. You need it synthesized. You need it quick. And you're probably more than happy for me to skip a couple steps and jump to conclusions as opposed to making sure, like, for example, we are not going to go in and see, was Bailey Curry really good in practice, or did Bailey Curry show something in qualifying, or was there a reasonable explanation for why Bailey Curry finished in 21st? We're not going to have enough time to grind that out. We're just going to have to do our best. And maybe, aside from you know what the structure of the archetype or the, the kind of build, like the place differential guy archetype, or the hog archetype, or the rando punt archetype outside of those characters we could call them maybe we're going to see names that are familiar maybe we're going to see names that keep popping up over and over and over in the road course optimal lineups and of course if that's the case or maybe we'll see a similar car like Alex Bowman in the Hendrick Motorsports Xfinity ride if we see that car pop up over and over and over well then that's something that we want to target so yes we want to look for a archetype or a a type of driver, be it a place differential guy, a straight punk guy, or the hog guy, but also maybe we'll look for names. We could also possibly look for where were their typical starting positions. All right, so you got A.J. Allmendinger. He is your archetype for a hog. I don't really like using that word. We'll use it. Ross Chastain is a place differential hero. The Gosling cars looking pretty good at the road courses this season, especially when he jumps down. I don't believe he got a pretty good result at Cota, but if I remember correctly, he looked pretty good in that Cota race. I think uh, Alex LeBay finished well in this race as well. 12th place finish for LeBay in a Gosling car. Alex Bowman in the Hendrick car that nearly won the road course race before this at Road America. Bowman 6.75 laps led, or fast laps, one lap led. Um, I believe he was in contention at Coda as well at the end of that race before they started dicing it up and went crazy. Brandon Jones has an issue during practice. 
I believe at the very end of qualifying, you're able to just get it out and take a quick spin to make sure that they had fixed the mechanical problem. Either way, Brandon Jones starting 36. You hold your breath sometimes, and I've talked about this at length. No one has really run more races, and you can see this. Talked about this in the previous Xfinity podcast, but maybe you didn't watch it. Maybe you zoned out. It's always worth repeating and just showing you some of the data points that you can look at in the spreadsheet. One of the things you can see is how much experience do they have? And when it comes to running road courses in the Xfinity series. So as far as I'm drawing from data, I'm pulling back to like 2014-ish. So not so some of these AJ Allmendinger races from his Xfinity series experience is not in here. But for most of the drivers in the field, I'd say 95% of the field, I have captured all of their experience. Justin Allgaier, 30 races. He may have one or two before then. That's a lot. Brandon Jones, 30 Xfinity road course races. That's um, a lot. And as I've talked about before, he's been in plenty of ARCA races, plenty of K&N road course races, Trans Am races. You know it. You'd expect his results to be better. It's just that lie you tell yourself. When you really want to play Brandon Jones, he's like, oh, well, he was in the Trans Am race. And when you don't want to play him, you just say, look, he was in the Trans Am race in a lot of these places, and he ended up being terrible. It's just hard to trust Brandon Jones anywhere. You know the deal. As soon as you trust him, he's in the wall. And as soon as you give up on him, he's in the top five. That is the fickle nature of Brandon Jones. Regardless of scratching out the name, if you have a JGR car or a Henrik car, Penske, even though we don't get Penske anymore, you name it, upper echelon team, underpriced to begin with, and then, I mean, 7600 for Brandon Jones is too cheap. It just was. And then to get him starting 36, come on, that was Chuck. Santino Ferrucci, F1 background, he was slightly too cheap in that car. He was starting 30th. I would say that was a pretty chalky play as well. He is place differential guy, place differential guy place differential guy. Technically, we'd say that there were two hogs. And then you got Bailey Curry, who is a bit of a surprise. But you're going to see Bailey Curry's name pop up every once in a while. Bailey Curry gets you the double digit place differential points. He's cheap, and he's starting in the back. You just need a cheap guy to squeeze these guys in. You get a cheap guy with a dependable car, which among the cheap cars, Bailey Curry has the best, most dependable JD Motorsports car and maybe the most dependable of all of those lower, lower tier of drivers in the series. Now, the problem with Curry is early in his career, pretty bad at the road courses, but you're going to see his name pop up. He has gotten better. He has improved. Or maybe he's just not making mistakes and other guys are making mistakes. I'm by no means saying, oh, you got to play Curry now. But I have opened up more to Curry. Early in his career, he looked like a mess, and you can go through the data. But he has produced good enough results with finishes of 21st. And then last year at Watkins Glen, he was also in the optimal lineup. My takeaway there is that your punt, your cheap guy, you might just have to hold your breath. You might just have to pinch your nose and say, I can afford this guy. It's a possibility that he can work. Now, maybe you're going to get a situation where, and hopefully this is not the case, where you get a punt that you can like. But if you get a punt that you can believe in, that you can like in the Xfinity Series, then everyone is going to be on that guy, and that's going to create a problem. That's going to create ownership splits. Maybe it's better to have the old pinch your nose play, swallow the vomit, suck it back down, don't want to puke on the carpet, just swallow it, 
Oh my God, it's hot. It's burning. It's chunky. But hey, man, you're going to save the carpet. Um, I would like to say that you're going to, in the morning, be thankful that you did swallow that vomit back down, but you're not. That swallowing the vomit back down, it's going it's to be with you for a day or so. And it's always going to be with you in your brain. You know, two years from now, you'll throw that carpet out or that rug. You're never even going to care about it. But you're never going to forget that time that you swallowed back down that vomit and burned your esophagus and then felt it through the, uh, what sphincter is it that leads to the stomach, whichever one that is. Yeah, it's going to burn, burn through that thing as well. Yeah, it's going to be bad news. But uh, that's what you're going to have to do. Swallow it back down. Optimos at Road America. Again, I'm not going through lap by lap and all the different dynamics that play out in the race that obviously can change the winning lineup in a moment's notice. We're not going to go that. We're looking for patterns. AJ Allmendinger. So one pattern that we have seen emerge so far, AJ's popping back up. You got a junior motorsports car, but he's more of a place differential play is what I would say with Josh Berry. Um, so is A.J. Omendinger. Kyle Larson is a hog. He gets into the optimal lineup. Ryan Sieg, a place differential play. Very similar to that Brandon Jones play. Not quite as deep, but 27th for Ryan Sieg at 7,400. A lot of top 15s this season. It's not great, but the field's not always that great. Not going to sit here and tell you, oh, this was an obvious play, but after the fact, it does lend itself to the archetype of the place differential. You got place differential guys, and we're talking double-digit place differential. We got Hog, And because AJ gets so many points here, I mean, kind of covers that. There's Bailey Curry again. Josh Williams is another driver who, similar to Curry, early in his career, or at least early in our DFS Xfinity days, was really a non-factor even when he was with Mario Goslin, he was a non-factor at the road courses, just did not look like he knew what he was doing. But you're going to see over the last two seasons now, we've got Bailey Curry already showing up twice. Is Bailey Curry driving the wheels off? Is he amazing? No. Again, it's the same situation. He's starting outside the top 30 because he's not very good. Like, hey, Bailey, go lay out a hot lap at this road course. He can't do it. So... If I had to bet, and I wish we could get these bets. Oh, I wish we could get these bets. If Bailey Curry is going to qualify 30th or worse at Watkins Glen, put my money down. He's not going to be able to do it. But if you give him 50 laps in a JD Motorsports car, the best of the JD Motorsports stable, through attrition, through pit cycling, through just the skill that he is a skillful race car driver. His team is pretty good. They obviously have shown they know what they're going to do. And other people are going to have failures. Other people are going to have mistakes. Other people are going to push it too hard. He's going to get five, six, seven spots. Maybe 14 spots. I like Bailey Curry. I know you guys all like Bailey Curry. You've loved Bailey Curry going back to the 2018 Xfinity race at Texas, was it? Maybe it was Phoenix where he was priced way too low. And we were all introduced to the man, the myth, the legend, the late model phenomenon that was Bailey Curry. Look at the little boy then. We've watched him grow up right before our eyes. Anyway, we also seem to be a better road course racer. Long story short, too long, didn't read, swallow the vomit. Now, 
Playing Bailey Curry and Josh Williams now, it's not going to be so much. It's not going to be bad. It's more, it's not like you've been drinking all night, swallowing the vomit, which is a lot that you're swallowing. This is just more like that burp where you're like, ugh. Like, ah, I'm going to swallow it down. So it's just like maybe like two ounces of something where it just wasn't sitting right. And you're just like, ah, just swallow it back down. Not a big deal. And sometimes it's kind of pleasant. It's like, I can still kind of taste what it was. It's just a lot more acidic than the original meal. That's what this is. You know, that's what's probably going to be this week if you have to play Curry or Josh Williams. Super cheap. Starting in the back. Not terrible. Not crazy. So, so far we're seeing some familiar names, some familiar cars, place differential in that middle price range. And then your punts have been cheap and starting way in the back. And it's been the same two guys. Well, not really, because you had Santino Ferrucci. But you're going to see Josh Williams pop up again here. Let's go to Kota. These are out of order. I'm technically, let's go to Portland. But remember, Portland was a mess. This is a bad one to look at. Rainstorm. They've never been there before. I'm not going to spend too much time on this. But in this crazy race, place differential, place differential. And that JJ Elliott Toyota that they took to Portland was actually a pretty good Toyota. You got your hog. You've got AJ with just enough points to get in the awesome lineup. And then you get Alex LeBay. And there's Mario Gosselin cars, place differential. Brandon Brown, place differential. Don't want to read too much into this because that race was bananas. Crazy, big time rain, did some wrecks. No one had ever been there before. No one really knew what they were doing. I'm not going to spend too much more time on that. Let's go to Coda, the road course before that race. AJ Allmendinger again. So you again, and you also have the guy that leads the most laps and runs the most fast laps. So when you build for Watkins Glen, you're obviously going to need, unless something strange happens like a wreck at the end, you're more than likely going to need the driver that leads the most laps. And also accrues the most fast laps in the process. We got Ryan Sieg again. Ryan Sieg starting in the back. Even cheaper. This is much earlier in the season. Bunch of place differential points. Finishes a lot better than where it ran. And that can happen. Again, I'm not going to go super deep into the notes, but we had a lot of cautions at the end of the race. And you can do this on your own if you go to raceforthepries.com and you got access to the fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet. And you don't want to go through the lap-by-lap data. You can at the very least read the race notes and find out what specifically is happening. The cautions you can see right here. The restarts that are happening right here. And those allow for Sieg to advance through the field. Again, raceforthepries.com. There's a red box with a helmet. It says Brandon Cruz DFS. You click on that, that'll take you to patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS. If you want to subscribe, maybe you want to wait a month. Uh, you can always go into the Super Chats. Or you can Venmo or PayPal me now. Most of you listening have access to my Venmo. You've given me money in the past. You have access to my PayPal, my Cash App, your, you know, whatever. I said I wasn't going to panhandle, but, you know, after 17 Watkins Glen videos, I believe I've leveled up enough that I can panhandle. I can say, hey, who else has recorded five Watkins Glen videos so far? Nobody. I guess if I hit this mark, then maybe I can start, not necessarily begging, but I can start prostituting. You know my PayPal, you know my Venmo. If you don't get a hold of me at Race for the Prize, I'll take your money. AJ Almanier, Sieg, Wyatt Snyder, again showing up. I don't want to put too much into that Portland performance, but he does have the Euro NASCAR background. You got Wyatt Snyder at a pretty affordable price tag, starting 21st. Finishes a lot better than when he runs. You get a bunch of cautions at the end, but you can get a lot of cautions at the end of Watkins Glen. And he still drove himself into that position at the end of that race. He almost won that Portland race, by the way. He was up there battling. He led a lot of laps. 
he looked pretty strong in that Portland race. And he started to flash some of those signs of, oh, yeah, that's that Euro NASCAR kid. All right. Coda, Sieg, Snyder, Austin Hill has a road course win at Watkins Glen in the truck series. The RCR cars look pretty good. Sheldon Creed was in contention to win at Portland before he got wrecked. Noah Gregson, nearly a double-digit guy. He squeezes in. It was going to be one of these top-tier guys. He scored just enough points. This could have been anyone, right? This could have been an all-guy if he survives. This could have been uh, Daniel Henry. It could have been anyone. Close to a top-10 place differential. Gets a top-five finish. Not the greatest day, but no one else has scored any fantasy points. Brandon Jones just misses out despite having another classic Brandon Jones 20-plus place difference. It's so funny. You give him this price at Coda at 9100 Then we go to Indianapolis, and they drop him down to the 7000 range. Once he's in the 7000 range, he obviously hits. He almost hits right here. I mean, he could have. I mean, he probably was in the winning lineup. You just didn't need him. You got a little bit more points out of Sam Mayer. One more point. Or not even one more point. You got 0.2 tenths of a point. So technically, Brandon Jones not in the optimal lineup. Guarantee he was in the winning lineup. You just didn't need him because you had so much value hitting with Ryan C., Mike Snyder being slightly underpriced, Austin Hill underpriced, A.G. Almanier wasn't very expensive to begin with, and then he hogs all the points. Maybe if at Coda you get multiple hogs, then it completely scrambles the optimal lineup. But you don't. You got one guy in control. And that's kind of what we have seen, just to rewind here. You got one hog. I guess you had two hogs here. One, two-ish. I guess you've got, no, you got one. You couldn't get Ty Gibbs. It's just one. Indianapolis. Uh, you get two here. Two guys with fast laps slash laps led. That's why, you know, it's easy, better to say hog. Because if I say, oh, you get two dominators. Well, no, there's not two dominators. If you want to use that word, which I, you know, there are times where, again, I say you can use dominator when someone dominates the race. Yep, a dominator dominated this race. Definitely. I have no problem with you if you want to use that terminology because that is accurate. That is a great way of communicating. You're not confusing anyone. You're speaking clearly. You're, you're explaining to the listener. You're explaining to the DFS players what happened when you use that word. He dominated the race. Now, if you also want to say, we got two dominators, no, you didn't. Alex Bowman did not dominate this race. I don't need to go in the reign of, you can't have two people dominating. Only one can dominate. But this is another clear example of why I'm so vocal and adamant about this. Because you confuse people. It doesn't make any sense. He was not a dominator. He just got some fast laps. He was never in control of this race. Was he close? Yes. Cool. So anyone in the top five is a dominator? No, no, no. It's just people who, what, lead a bunch of laps? Okay, well, he didn't lead any laps. Okay, okay well, it's people that score fast laps. They want to just call them people that run fast laps. He didn't dominate, right? So you're admitting he didn't dominate. All right, we got in that right again. You get it. You got the point. You understand. Let's that wraps up our optimal lineups for 2022. So so far, takeaway when you're building your lineups, you're chasing place differential, especially with those middle tier pricing. You might be taking some ugly punts. 
and you need at least, I mean, you're going to have one hog. One or two, I'd say one, but I don't fault you for firing two bullets to make sure that you nail the one hog. You might knock yourself out of the winning lineup because you burned a pick, but you're going to give yourself a better chance of cashing. It's up to you what you want to do there. Daytona Road Course, we'll go through them in chronological order. Place different. Now, there is no qualifying for these races. I repeat, there is no qualifying for these races. So it's going to create some screw situations. All right, you're off the line. It's Brandon Jones. It's Ty Gibbs as a hog. Now, you remember this race. Not to go too deep in the weeds, but you remember at the end of stage one, Austin Cindric and AJ Omni wreck each other, opens the door for Ty Gibbs. Austin Cindric almost runs down Ty Gibbs with a broken race car. Gibbs wins his debut. Awesome, great. And plays differential. Miguel Paluto in Junior Motorsports car plays differential. Justin Haley plays differential. And you can't get Michael Annette. You get Austin Cindric, and then you drop down to. Jeb Burton, just because he's 6,100, and he gets you 37.5 in his colored car by finishing fifth. Colored racing, there you go. Place differential, Jeb Burton. I mean, that's kind of the hold your vomit. 6,100 for Jeb Burton, not bad. But 6,100 for Jeb Burton starting third, you're choking that vomit down. You really don't want to make that play. But there's no one else around him that was even close salary-wise. 6,200 to get Cody Ware. That one, you'd be fine with. 38, 6,200. The Rick Ware 17 car is halfway decent half the time. Cody Ware has a road course background. You're fine with that. Well, end of the day, he scored 30 points. Jeb Burton scored 37.5. It's very likely that the winning lineup would have gone with Cody Ware or Jesse Little starting. No, and probably wouldn't play Jesse Little. But Cody Ware seems fine. You're only forfeiting seven points. You might have won without it. If you played Jeb Burton, congratulations, man. You built 150 lineups. Actually, I'm not going to give you any congratulations whatsoever. Coda, 2021, Rainstorm, Kyle Busch is your hog. Michael Nett's a place differential type of guy. A.J. Allmendinger scores just enough points here to get into the optimal lineup. He's not priced too highly. Harrison Burton sliding in with really a so-so performance, but he does get a sixth-place finish. Harrison Burton, by the way, if you're thinking about him in the Cup Series this week, he did finish inside the top five at Watkins Glen last year. Brett Moffitt, basically a place differential play, and for whatever reason, he was 5,700. Don't understand that. Uh, Preston Partis, well, I guess they priced him that way because he was starting 20. I still don't get it. Preston Partis, Gosselin Carr. Decent road course racer, starting 22nd, 6,300. You don't love it, but gets the job done. I don't know if I see any themes there. Also, that Coda race was kind of weird, so I don't know. I'm not going to read too much into that one. Mid-Ohio, hey, Agent O'Neill popping back up. And our optimal lineup is only going to have one hog in it unless Ty Gibbs makes it. Ty Gibbs does not make it. So you've got a one hog lineup. And then you got Lally and Josh Berry. Place differential, place differential. This is Josh Berry, I believe, racing for ja Jordan Anderson. And then we get Justin Haley in here. It gets a couple of these points scraped his way. Another color car and an optimal lineup at a real course. 9,100. Not the cheapest play, by the way. And then you get Greg Alding and guess who? Josh Williams. A ton of place differential. 
Josh Williams, all of a sudden a road racing wizard. I don't think he is in the series anymore. I think he just got dropped recently, so tough luck on that. Greg Alding starting 40th, shotgun to field, 5,100, just a straight punt, hoping that his car doesn't fall apart. That's all that was. Uh, hold that vomit in. Hope his car doesn't fail. We've been in that situation plenty of times in the Xfinity Series with some of these punts. Like, just if the car holds up, he should be able to get 10-place differential just through attrition. Indy last season, Chase Elliott, big-time place differential play. Uh, but he wasn't in the field. He wasn't in the pool. That's right. He came in late because he was subbing for I can't remember who it was. So he wasn't even in the player pool. Probably got a note here. Who was he subbing for? Was it Austin Dillon? Someone got sick. I can't remember who it was. Whatever. Oh, it's probably Michael Annette. Michael Annette had all those issues last season. Austin Cindric is your hog. He gets in the lineup. Do we have any other hogs in the optimal lineup? I don't think so. We got you know Austin Dillon, 19th to 6th. Andy Lally, 26th to 10th. That's place differential. That's place differential. Both are semi-affordable. I think Lally was in an RCR car. Haley... Just up there doing his thing. Decent little road course racer. Colleg Motorsports putting together another car in the optimal lineup. Josh Williams, Lanny Castle. What? And how many times has Josh Williams been in an optimal lineup? If he participates at Watkins Glen, we know he's going to go out there, do nothing in qualifying, and find his way through. Lanny Castle for JD Motorsports. So it's not Bailey. And Lanny Castle was supposedly in the best of the JD Motorsports cars last season. Well, who's in supposedly the best of the JD Motorsports cars this season? It's Bailey Curry. There's Landon Castle popping up. So we're seeing some similar themes and some patterns and some lineup construction ideas for you to target at Watkins Glen. Watkins Glen, speaking of it, optimal lineup. Ty Gibbs as a haul. Brandon Jones as a plate differential. Plate differential. Place differential archetype. How many times has Jones done that? That is Jones's go-to, is place differential guy. Austin Cindric also makes it in the offline. So does A.J. Allmendinger. You got Gibbs, you got Jones, you got Cindric, you got Allmendinger. None of them are cheap, by the way. 10-8, 9-3, 10-1, 10-3. How does it work? Well, your old pal, Josh freaking Williams at 4900 getting her done, and then you also have the egregiously priced Chris Wright at 4500 There have been times where Chris Wright has absolutely let us down at a road course, but this was not one of them, and even though he had in the past let us down, because we expected him to be halfway decent, he has somewhat of a road course experience background. He's never really been good, but he's been around long enough, and he's been in enough road course races that he should just be better than at least one-third of the field, and he's let us down. But it doesn't mean he should have been $4,500. So you get near, you get men, Chris Wright, near men, Josh Williams, and that allows you to play Almanager, Cedric Jones, and Ty Gibbs, stack it up. i got to imagine that whoever won Watkins Glen last season, there was a tie. Cannot believe that that was some sort of special lineup. Now, Josh Williams last season, Mario freaking Gosselin. Was it Gosselin? I believe that was his last season with Gosselin. Was he still? Did he jump to BJ already? Pretty sure it was his last year with Mario Gosselin. Would want to double check that. Don't hold me to that, please. All right. And then we'll wrap it up with the Roval. 
Actually, we still got two more to look at. Son of a son of a. AJ Ominator popping up again. Preston Partners again with a Mario Gossip card. 30 place differential points. Austin Cendrick, Dan the Hemrick. We got three hogs in the optimal lineup. Justin Haley can't make it despite getting 4.05 fast laps led in that Colleg racing car. Colleg popping up again on the radar. Daniel Hemrick was there for that's JGR though. Then we get Landon Castle. That's that JD Motorsports crew. Come on, gang. And then, wouldn't you know it, Josh freaking Williams. How many times is this guy optimal in the Xfinity Series? Welcome to the Josh Williams podcast. JoshForThePrize.com. JoshCruzDFS. Patreon.com slash JoshCruzDFS. Man, oh, man. I hope we get Josh Williams, and then he ends up in a Harmon car. If you would play him, and he DNFs. <laughs> play the Gosling cars. Where did these Gosling cars come from this season? They were there. They've been there the whole time. Are you screaming and yelling? My social studies videos, man, I get so many complaints about my enthusiasm. Now, they don't say, we hate your enthusiasm. They say, we hate that you're yelling. I know. Well, I'm enthusiastic. Get pumped. It's fun. It's exciting. I love expressing my joy and my pleasure. And I cannot believe people watching on YouTube get mad like, why are you happy? Dislike. Stop being happy. Stop shouting. Stop being passionate. We don't appreciate it. Please speak monotone and say, you know, and um, and you know, and like, and um, and kind of, and not listen to the other guy on the podcast and just wait for your turn to speak. And then after they talk about a fantasy play, you just completely ignore every single thing that they had just said and go ahead and say your thing. And then when they reference what they said because they thought you were listening, you weren't listening. And so you just say, yeah, uh uh-huh, I can't, yep. Sure, and then you just go back to what you were doing. That's most podcasts. I can't do that. I don't want to do that. So if I'm shouting and it is displeasing you, then bye. Riley Herbs, place differential. No, Gregson, place differential. Kevin Harvick, that wrote a make place differential. Side note I want to make about his poor performance in the Cup Series Road America race from last season. He hasn't raced there that much. You look at what he did in the Cup Series at Sonoma. He had a pretty strong race and was in the optimal lineup. He also, again, was in the optimal lineup at Road America, but did not look very good and had an unconventional, which is kind of conventional, strategy and got a good performance and got into the optimal lineup. And say, oh, well, he was good at Sonoma, but he wasn't good at Road America. How many times do you think Kevin Harvick has raced at Road America? Three times? It's just now on the Cup Series schedule. It was on the Xfinity Series schedule, but he hasn't been in the Xfinity Series in quite some time, so... Should we be surprised that Kevin Harvick didn't look fast in practice at Road America last season and didn't qualify well or this season? No. He doesn't have very much experience there, and other drivers have more experience and also have really good race cars and are also really good at road racing. So when we put those two things into comparison, sure, Kevin Harvick's not going to size up very well. Now in Xfinity Series, he's going to do a little bit better. Mike Lynette plays differential. Tommy Joe Martins place differential. I think this race gets kind of crazy and hairy at the end. I can't remember, but I think that would be the case considering our hogs get knocked out. All right. Because I've been yelling, jumping, shouting, screaming, walking, really. I'm worn out, and I'm... Well, all right. Let's just real quickly look at these Watkins Glen 
from previous seasons. You did it. You made me do it. All right, we're going to go really quick, though. Watkins Glen 2019, let's look. A.J. Allmendinger, Austin Sendrick, Justin, well, I don't think you can get, yes, you do get Justin Allgaier. And then you get Heckard, Josh, freaking Williams, and then Brandon Brown. Got a lot of lead changes. Things are spread out. Josh Williams down here, 10 place differential points. Brandon Brown out here with eight place differential points. In what world do we live in where Josh Williams is more expensive than Brandon Brown in this one? This is 2019. 2018, Watkins Glen, get an idea of some of the plays. I don't have the offline lineups in front of you, so sorry. We can't go into these. But one thing I will notice, here's freaking Brandon Jones with third most fantasy points with 13 place differential points. Whatever, Josh, I'm not going to, that's it. It's good. 2018, that's far enough back. I would assume that Joey Logano is in the optimal lineup with over, what, 16 Hulk points. Maybe Almondinger makes it with seven Hulk points. Jones, absolutely, with 13 place differential. Tyler Reddick probably was priced pretty highly in 2018. Now, this was his first championship year, so he may not have been that expensive. This is JRM days. Who else probably slid in the optimal lineup? Ryan Reed with. 11th place differential. Ryan Reed, Roush. Where have you gone, Roush? Throwback. Brad Kozlowski, 16th place differential points. Doesn't get a good finish and knocks himself out of contention. That's going to do it. Raceforthepride.com, patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS. Jump into these sheets. Jump into his Discord. Watch his live streams. Throw some money towards the Super Chats. Support us. You want to Venmo me? Venmo me. You want to PayPal me? PayPal me. You want to cash at me? Cash at me. If you don't know how to do those and want to, you can just contact me on Twitter at Race for the Prize. That's Race, the number four, the prize. Raceforthepriz.com. That's where my hub is for all of my fantasy NASCAR content. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. This was Watkins Glen number five. This is Xfinity Optimals. You are welcome.